at 11pm on April the 25th, 2003, Aaron Ralston parked his truck at the Horseshoe Canyon Trailhead in Utah, climbed into his sleeping bag and drifted serenely to sleep. The next day would change his life profoundly and shockingly for all time. He woke the next morning, oblivious to the magnitude of the day, wolfed down a high-energy breakfast and mounted his bike. Fifteen miles later, he locked it to an isolated tree in the wilderness and strode purposefully to his destiny with terror. Blue John Canyon. It was 2.45 before he began his descent into the chasm, and within a half hour, disaster struck. I say struck, but rolled would be better. Aaron was negotiating a ten-foot drop between two ledges when an 800-pound boulder shifted above him and rolled onto his right hand, crushing it against a sandstone wall. Now, Aaron was an experienced and level-headed hiker, and after overcoming his nerves and pain, he considered his options. The hope that someone would see his bike near the entrance of the canyon and put two and two together was remote in such a wilderness, so shouting proved useless. Next, he started chipping away at the rock with his multi-tool, but that proved futile. He tried hoisting the rock using his ropes. That too failed. After four days, he began contemplating his likely death. And as day four turned despairingly into day five and then desperately into day six, and after exhausting his water supply, he considered his one final option, to sever his arm with his multi-tool. I'll spare you the details, but he took that one final option that the boulder offered him, Then, liberated, he climbed the 70 feet to the surface and hiked three hours before being rescued by a helicopter. Now, if there are two kinds of people in the world, and Aaron Ralston is one type, then I'm the other type. Personally, I reckon death is looking pretty good when the only alternative is cutting off your arm. And even then, he wasn't guaranteed to live, given the remoteness of the place and the risk of dying from infection, shock or blood loss. Lose a limb and possibly be rescued, or keep it and die. What would you choose? Aaron is no doubt extremely satisfied with his decision. He's famous, has made lots of money from selling the movie rights, and he has the distinction of providing, surely, the best illustration ever for a sermon on today's gospel lesson. (laughs) Jesus says, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. 
It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Aren't you glad we don't take everything in the Bible literally? (laughs) Jesus was not asking his followers to actually dismember themselves in order to avoid terrible things after they die. Step away from the chainsaw and no one gets hurt. It is hyperbole. It is deliberately exaggerating your point to jolt people into understanding how serious it is. And it was a favourite teaching device of rabbis at the time. Jesus uses hyperbole a lot. In two weeks, we'll read perhaps the most famous example of it when he says, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's not literal because it's impossible for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. And Jesus is not saying it's impossible for rich people to enter God's kingdom. Just that it's really hard. So with his talk of chopping and gouging, Jesus is seeking to shock. And I think he succeeds. So, hear the word of the Lord. Chop and gouge. Chop and gouge those things that get in the way of following Christ. Chop and gouge those activities that come between us and prayer. Chop and gouge the thoughts that stop us loving our neighbours. Chop and gouge those beliefs that are incompatible with the truth that all people are made in God's likeness. Chop and gouge those possessions that distract us from loving God with all we've got. Chop and gouge those habits that are threatening our mental well-being. Chop and gouge that money that lulls us into a false sense of security and that lures us away from trusting God for all our needs. Chop and gouge those hobbies that have grown too big for their boots and have encroached on time devoted to other important things like family, rest, worship and a healthy, well-rounded, balanced life. Chop and gouge. And since I put it like that, maybe taking Jesus literally and doing an Aaron Woolston is not so unattractive. The artist Rodin was out walking when he saw a huge carved crucifix beside the road. Its beauty took away his breath and expanded his heart. He fell in love with the artwork and the skill of the sculptor, and he decided there and then that he must have it. So he asked around to discover its owner, and eventually he bought it and arranged to have it delivered by horse and cart to his house. But Rodin had miscalculated the dimensions, and the cross was just too big for his home. But his heart was captivated by the cross, and he set about making space for it. He knocked out walls, he demolished the roof, he began to rebuild his house around the cross. 
It's tempting to want a small, tame, domestic cross. A cross that can fit neatly into our lives without too much inconvenience. Big enough to notice and to show off to the neighbours and guests, but not too big. I don't want it to get in the way of me doing my own thing. I don't want a cross that will stop me enjoying myself. Can you hear the call of Christ? Can you feel the prompting of God's spirit to knock down the walls and rebuild our lives around the cross? Knock it down and rebuild. Chop and gouge. Chop and gouge. Why is it so hard to take our multi-tools and chop and gouge the things that will only destroy us? Well, it's all about losing sight of who we are. Who we truly are when all else is stripped away. Today is the first day of our annual stewardship campaign and there's one thing I want you to know. Please listen. You must cling on to this truth as we make our way through the campaign. Here it is. You are God's beloved child. On this truth you must build your life. This, and only this, will give you a solid identity that will not let you down. Only if you have faith that you are God's beloved, will you have the courage to chop and gouge. This is my wallet. On Friday, I looked through it and threw away 36 credit card receipts going back to July. Clutter that stopped me seeing the truth clearly. There are other things in here. Symbols, badges that persuade me that my identity is not in being God's beloved. There are credit cards. I earned these. They are my pay. They represent the hard work and my years of training. They stand for my dedication and sacrifice. But who am I kidding? I work no harder than a factory worker in Asia who is paid two or three dollars an hour. I risk less than a farmer in Africa who barely earns enough to keep his family alive. I am not as dedicated as the single mother who tries to raise her children by working 16 hours a day in two jobs. This plastic does not really speak of my hard work and expertise, but my sheer luck at being born with an able body and an adequate mind to a comfortable family in the London suburbs who valued decency, education and hard work. I cannot find my identity in cash or career. Moth and rust will consume those accomplishments. Here's my green card, a symbol of my residence in this great country, a sign also that I'm a citizen of somewhere else. In three days, I will hand this over to the Department of Homeland Security at my oath of naturalisation ceremony.
not before the Ryder Cup, you'll notice. I'll then have a blue passport to go with my red one. But whatever my nationalities, I would be foolish to place my identity in them, as if God has favourite nations, or some are blessed by him and others are not. My green card and my passports are earthly treasures, destined to be consumed. Then there's my stop-and-shop loyalty card. (laughs) This would probably be the most absurd item to try to place my identity in. (laughs) If I were to try, I would be lying about myself, pretending that what I truly am is a consumer, someone who buys goods and services. That is actually a powerful message, one we encounter all the time and one many people have tragically believed. But it's utter nonsense. We are the free and dignified children of God and we will not let ourselves be reduced to creatures who merely consume Another card in my wallet is my health insurance card. Proof that I'm human. I get sick in body and in mind. I need to love and care for these wonderful gifts. But I'm more than a mind and a body. I'm a soul, a creature made for communion with the creator. This body and mind in their current form won't make it into the presence of God, so I can't find my identity in them. One day they will cease functioning and will need to be resurrected and transformed. Finally, in another section of my wallet, behind the plastic window, is my driver's licence. It reveals my address, but that's not my real home. That's not my true identity. On the back, it states no endorsements. But neither is that who I really am, as if I could stand before God and claim his commendation because I have not been caught breaking any New Jersey traffic laws. All that matters is that God knows me, loves me, and has hidden my life in Christ. We must find our identity as his beloved. What's in your wallet? (laughs) Only then will we find the courage to chop and gouge, knowing that it will not destroy us. Yes, it hurts to chop our income and gouge our possessions. Yes, it's scary to chop our unhealthy habits and gouge our negative thought patterns. Yes, we will find any excuse to avoid chopping addictions to chemicals and gouging addictions to processes. We protest that these things are who we really are and we can't thrive without them. But when you come to God in wide-eyed worship and see your reflection in his eyes, when you reach out and take his hands and see your name carved on them, when you behold his vast pulsing heart and see that it bursts with passion for you, his beloved, then we find the courage to take our multi-tool and do an Aaron Ralston. We can do this. 
Know who you are. God's beloved child. Safe in the knowledge that nothing will separate you from his love. Then chop and gouge. Amen.